0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. All righty, good people. So you know what day it is? Your favorite day, my favorite day. It should be everybody's favorite day. Why? Because it goes down on the First Gen Lounge. But anyway, (laughs) I am really excited to be having a very much needed conversation today about things that... I can't even say that, you know, my mom and them talked to me about growing up. Like, I kind of knew some of these things, just, you know, having a piggy bank, which, yeah, we're going to talk about money today and we beyond money, some other things, but <laughs> I am going to hush because I'm, I'm excited. You know, the person who is on our show today is just really incredible. It's got a great energy. And let me tell y'all, LinkedIn, where's be at? It be popping. And we met <laughs> on LinkedIn and she reached out. I reached back out. I was like, ooh, she's dope. Gotta get to know her. So, india lot is with us today hello india and welcome hi eve how are you wonderful i wouldn't mind a nap but i'm good same <laughs> you know, same you know, <laughs> hey look look we just look we just talked about it that we out here in this entrepreneurial life so you just kind of get it how you live yep but yeah but look thank you again for joining us today let's just jump in please tell the people who you are who was india lot what do you do like all things india
1: Of course. So as you said, my name is India Lott. I've been in my career or just working post-college for about 13 and a half years now. Prior to getting into financial advising, I worked in digital marketing for about 12, 13 years or so. And then I reached a point where I felt like I needed more in my career. I wanted to do something that was more meaningful, impactful, And so I started having some conversations and just doing my research and I landed upon, you know, the financial advising career. It's always been something that's been an interest of mine, just saving, budgeting, just really understanding and wanting to ensure that, you know, long-term I have financial stability. So I've been doing this for about a year now and I love it and I'm really excited about it. And. I primarily work with women, particularly Black women and women of color. I think it's extremely important for us to have a handle on how to plan for our finances, understanding it, not necessarily leaving it up to our husbands because anything can happen, whether he passes away, you get divorced, and just in general for women who you know, or single like myself, understanding what they need to do to ensure their financial freedom moving forward.
0: So sometimes when people hear financial advisor, people automatically go to, oh, here they come trying to sell me life insurance. Mm -hmm. Yep. What is a financial advisor, you know, from your perspective and what isn't it? Especially for those of us who aren't very well versed with your industry.
1: Sure. So financial advising essentially is someone who, talks to you, understands your financial goals, where you are currently, and develops a comprehensive financial plan based on where you're looking to go and where you should be going. Advising comes in during the course of that relationship when they have questions or they're looking to purchase their first home. If they're looking to you know, allocate money from this particular investment in vehicle to another one, if they receive a promotion, if, you know, they get divorced, they have children, whatever that is, the advising standpoint comes from having someone there knowledgeable that can lead you as you start to grow and, and your life changes. From a life insurance standpoint, that's part of, you know, just your overall comprehensive financial plan, but that's certainly not the end-all be-all if someone is coming to you wanting to sell you life insurance, more than likely they are simply an insurance agent, which is different from a financial advisor because insurance agents will sell you insurance, whereas financial advisors are going to give you unbiased advice across the board as it relates to what works best for you and your family.
0: So we're thinking about it, though, because some people may argue and say, well, why do I need somebody to tell me what to do with my money? Because this is my life, these are my decisions. What do you say to that? Because I've heard some of these conversations, although, like we've talked about before, I understand the importance of having a financial advisor.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that I mean that's a personal decision. If you feel like you have it under control and. You can do your own research and you're knowledgeable about it, then go for it. You, you know, you don't need a financial advisor. Financial advisors where I come into play and the clients that I tend to work with are those that either aren't knowledgeable, don't have the time, and they really just want the convenience of having someone there that can simply tell them, okay, this is what you need to do based on what you've told me and have someone that they can use as a sounding board, a resource and bounce ideas off of. But, you know again if you feel like you have it all together and you don't need expert advice then by all means I mean do your own planning
0: mm. what I really adore about what you said I really adore I love it a child <laughs> stuff but I love something people say but what I'm really really feeling is how you say it's about saving time and convenience as well mm-hmm. because when we think about pain point to needs we don't always think about you know oh if or not I can do it as a do I have the knowledge to do it? You may be capable, but for some right. people, it's having the time. So I'm glad that you said that point because people who are grasping at straws for time, one yeah. thing I continue to promote is let it go. <laughs> Outsource yeah. it to yep. somebody else. You know, do it, not saying that you can't do it, but does it make sense for you to keep trying to do it because you're putting that time into it and that energy when somebody else who's also expert at it can do it and help, you know, help you get your life back. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely shifts the perspective a whole lot and then you know kind of going back for a moment it's really interesting how you took the path of being in digital marketing to moving into being a financial advisor because it just goes to show that you can change your path and literally change your industry and still find joy that's a good thing for for folks to know so if you think about you know in the work that you're doing what are some of the things that you're seeing with women that you work with or just clients in general that If you had to say people needed to be more aware of or more mindful of what they should be thinking of right now, especially, you know, in this global situation we have going on. But, you know, any woman, the woman who's newly wed, newly divorced, anything that you're seeing that's a trend.
1: The one thing I notice a lot is that a lot of women and just clients in general think they have to have a certain amount of money to start financial planning. And that's just not the case. I work with college students. I work with new grads. I work with, you know, people in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s. It really just depends on where you are. And so there's not necessarily a set amount of money that you need. You just need to know that you need to start somewhere. And so part of, you know, being a comprehensive financial advisor You know, you may not have money right now to invest in the stock market and real estate and whatever else we decide to go down the line and discuss, but you may need some help on budgeting, getting out of debt, understanding how to refinance and how that's going to help you in the long run. And so once you get to that point where you're able to start paying off that debt, you know get out of consumer debt student loans have a budget build your emergency fund and get to a point where you can maintain it then we can start to talk about the investment side of things but you know like i said the main thing is that people think you have to have a certain amount of money and you don't you just need to have will to want to start somewhere and if it's not starting with investing we at least can start to get you out of debt and get you in a practice of responsible habits of saving and living below your means and and just understanding how money works and how it works against you
0: that's really good feedback just thinking said how it works for you how it works against you Mm -hmm. what are some of those things that you would consider money working for you and money working against you
1: yeah, no, so as far as money working for you, being able to earn an income so that you can pay off your debt, so that you can invest, so that you can, you know, purchase a home, purchase your first home, start saving for your children's college education. That's being able to have it work for you. And then addition to that, being able to invest in other, you know, vehicles that that will ensure long term that you have a stable financial setting beyond that, as it works against you, you know, you have to think about when you are making a lot, when you start to earn more, people then want to spend more, right? And so they get caught up into spending more, living beyond their means. Now they're going into credit card debt. Once you get into credit card debt and you're having to pay that off, now you're spending more money paying interest rates off and things of that nature. So it's important that you understand how money works for you and against you so that you can find a balance there.
0: Finding the balance, because I'm like, I'm stuck on that now. And I was like, oh, as soon as you said, I'm like, what find, What do you mean find a balance? What does it look like to find a balance? And even based off of some of the experiences you've had with current clients?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's really up to you. Again, one of the things in finding a balance is you know ensuring that you're able to live below your means, but still enjoy life. I don't mm. want my clients coming to me and feeling as though because we're on a budget, that means you can't go out with your girlfriends. You can't take a trip. You can't, you know, go to the spa. Maybe you can't go to the spa every other week, but perhaps you can go to the spa every six weeks or once a quarter or something like that. It's really trying to find that balance between, you know, being responsible with your money and then also understanding that, you know, we can't just blow it as if we're you know, in a strip club, making it rain every day.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious because I just thought about P Valley when you said that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, I honestly was watching that over the weekend. So it kind of, that's kind of what ran through my head. <laughs> right, right
0: there, That's a pretty good show though. Are you enjoying it so far? I started this weekend
1: when I was watching, when I was on Twitter. So I'm an active user on Twitter. Well, I scrub my timeline. I don't really tweet so much anymore, but a lot of people started talking about it and I was like, you know what, let me check check this out because, you know, I don't have too much to do Saturday. That's usually my day that I take for myself. And so far, so good. I mean, it, it's raw, it's uncut, but, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm planning to catch up on some more episodes this weekend.
0: Mm, it's really interesting that we even got on this because as soon as you said, it, and I'm like, I just watched it and I actually went back to start rewatching it from episode one. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person, I see it one time. But then I go back and I start making sense of everything when I watch it a second time. But anyway, to that point, thinking about how, you know, these these exotic dancers are doing their financial planning thing and I don't know if you've gotten far enough to see, you know, the one character, Mercedes. And she's always talking about stack your paper, but she okay. was putting her money in the church fund. So I hope I didn't tell you too much. Uh, like, oh, my bad. But <laughs> I haven't got that far yet. So. Well, okay. So as a financial <laughs> advisor, I think you're going to love watching how this plays out from the perspective of how do you take care of your money, even if you are again in different industries, because so people, they do, you know, cosmetology and electricians, but still doctors, lawyers, everybody has to have some kind of plan of vision for themselves. So that's really, actually really cool. But look, now that I told you, you're going to be looking forward because I really like the dynamic of the show. I know. And of course, I lived in Mississippi for several years. So I have like an affection for it it, and I got people in the Delta. So it's like, if this really were true. But yeah, but it's just really cool. Really, really cool. Nothing like the South.
1: I'm excited. Now I feel like I'm going to have to binge it over the weekend.
0: Yeah, you should. I mean, because to me, it's good because it's, you know, beyond... the exotic dancers, I want to say strippers, but beyond that is looking at relationship <laughs> dynamics. Like when every time I'm mm-hmm. looking at, you know, any movie, like what was the one that just came out too with Jamie Foxx in it on Netflix? Project, what is, um, is it Project Something? Yes. Project yes. Something. I don't know why it's escaping me right now. But anyway, again, the point is I'm always looking at something and I'll go back and look at it again because there's so many heavy messages even in that one if you haven't watched it yet. What we have to do for money to survive and thinking about where you come from. Cause I mean, think of me a first generation college graduate like yourself. Mm-hmm. What was I taught about money growing up, but yet alone how we're having this conversation. Cause I know one character in the show is very much so, you know, would be a first generation college student if she goes to school with the main character, Robin, mm-hmm. but just kind of thinking about, you know, on down the line, what was anybody teaching me about saving for the future? I knew to save, but I didn't know about yeah. stocks and bonds and life yeah. insurance and all these things. So it's important that we have these conversations so we can, you know, prepare and have it, like you said, financial security, because it's something to grow up and not have that financial security. Yep. And you see it and you feel it right. Based off of what maybe your parent or parents experienced from what you didn't have growing up, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah. So if you had to say, you know, thinking about things that putting on your radar, let's put it that way, things that people should really consider as they're thinking about their financial futures, what are some of the most important things that we should consider in terms of stocks versus bond versus savings versus house versus not like, I know that's pretty broad in what it is, but that's why you're the expert. First,
1: you need to start and
0: and think about
1: what type of lifestyle you want to live eventually, particularly Hmm. once you are done working and when you retire and you want to look at when you actually want to retire. So once you get that in place, then you want to start to look at, okay, having a diversified portfolio is more than just having, you know, your money in different stocks, right? So you want to ensure that you have liquid assets and illiquid assets. So illiquid assets is more around real estate, you know, having your home as part of your portfolio. Liquid assets are is cash money. So that's, you know, your stocks whatever you can cash in immediately from savings to have money on hand. So you want to be able to balance that. And essentially, it just goes down to what type of lifestyle do you want to live? What type of investor are you? When I work with my clients, I provide them, you know, my first consultation. I work, you know, I talk to them. I understand what their short-term goals are, their long-term goals are. then after I follow up and I say, okay, fill out this monthly, budget sheet that gives me an idea of how much is coming out every single month versus what's coming in which is their net income right and then it shows me their balance that's left over a lot of clients are usually shocked to see just how much money they tend to spend whether it's shopping or on uber eats or just not realizing you know all of those expenses tend to had add up Netflix you know Apple TV Hulu whatever that is once we get past that I have them fill out a personal investor profile you don't have to you know already be investing it gives me an idea of where your personal risks are. So are you someone who likes to take risks or are you someone who's more moderate and said, well, you know, we'll see. So based on that, once I, once I understand that, then I can start to say, okay, well, we can look at, you know, stocks, we can look at CDs, annuities. Again, that depends on where they are in life as well. I had a current client. I just spoke with her last week and since she had about 650k in her 401k and since just between december and june she lost over $140,000. I advised her to switch because she just, the market kept tanking, obviously, because of COVID Mm. and everything that happened. So I advised her to move her money to money markets. Money markets are far more stable and that's something that, again, you can invest in from your 401k. It doesn't have the same rate of return as investing in more of the open market of the stock market, but if you're looking to continue to grow your money but not lose as Much or it's less risky than you know. We work with the money market, there's so many different ways in which you can invest, and it really just comes down to really understanding my clients what their goals are, where they're starting out, where they want to be. And once we get to that place of wealth accumulation, which is the second bucket I tend to work out of, that's when we really start to delve deep. But before we can even get there, we really you know, it's important that you're paying off your debt. It's important that you have your emergency fund in case something happens so that you're not going backwards, having to dip into your 401k, having to use, you know, credit cards to pay for whatever these unknown expenses may have happened. Once we have that taken care of, then we can start to invest our money you know, because we have that that foundation of protection there, so that if something happens, we won't have to just run off and sell stocks that we just started investing in a year ago.
0: Hmm, that's real. And so many things to think about. And I think this is the thing that you're bringing up that keeps kind of just triggering thoughts in my head. Is mm-hmm. there's so many things to consider when it comes to your money, more than just yep. making it. Yep. More than just I'm getting the check, the bills are paid. You know. What beyond that, and to think about what a financial future looks like, to be able to have several hundred thousand dollars to move anyway, or to lose, kind of like what you know. Some people dream of that, but how did how did you get to that? I know many of my friends, my peers, you know, have invested in the stock and have made really good passive income from it, mm-hmm. and I even know some people who've been able to, you know, leave their jobs that they were at because they kind of dabbled and dabbled just stocks and. And what have you, and and figured out a way to make it work to where they make a living, but you've got to, to what you said, have a plan. And what I love, really, really love about what you're saying is because it just is feeling personal to me right now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you right. Yeah, it's more, it's more than a budget. Yeah, and I think that's what we sometimes miss. That financial advisement, financial planning is more than just saying put your money here and be good. It's how can we help you get to a hundred thousand K? How can we help you with your retirement, you know, to where you're not having to be uneasy or work until you're 75. Right now that's you know, no offense to people who have to do that, but what if somebody would have even helped a person who was in a, a different role to think differently about their money and how they wanted to invest it to be able to not have to work at 75. That's all I'm saying.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's what I work with my clients on. And what you said about people just, you know, okay, I have a job. I have a great job. I'm making money. This is great. And they think very, you know, right now in the now present versus thinking long-term. And, you know, you really want to, while the woman I, I was referring to, you know, in our culture now, especially with the millennial, the Gen Z's, all that. It's all about, you know, having an entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneur, forget your nine to five, but this woman did this on a nine to five, you know, salary. Now Mm -hmm. she, at this point in her career, she's in her 50s, she makes a very comfortable living, doing what she's doing, but she's been investing in her 401k and just taking small steps since she was in her twenties. Now she has real estate. Her home is paid off. She has land. You know, she has her 401k. We're working on a, a few other initiatives as well. So you can do that with wherever you are. If you have, you know, if you're making $15, $20 an hour, you can start somewhere, you yes. know, you just have to just starting, you have to know that as long as you have some sort of money coming in, you want to be able to make that money work for you so that you're not working for money for the rest of your life. Like you Mm. want time to enjoy that.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So what would you say is different when you think about financial planning for someone who is working and getting an earned income and an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I mean, it's for the most part, it's the same, but for someone who's working in a you know a, a job a nine-to-five working for someone else however you want to call it they have more of a stable income with entrepreneurs you know i'm sure as you know it can be up and down some months are better than others you know your income can be inconsistent so you mm-hmm. have to you know I would say, look over the course of time, take the, the, the three months, the six months, look at your down seasons and your up seasons. If you have seasonality to whatever it is that you do take the average and say, okay, based on this, I have about 200 that I can invest on a monthly basis comfortably. Don't look at January and February that were great months for you. And then disregard, you know, April and May when you earned half of that. And now you're at a point where, Oh, I can't, you know, I can't do the same thing I was doing because now we have to go back. Let's now we have to, you know, reanalyze what you're doing because essentially all of this is based on what you're comfortable doing at the moment and comfortable, meaning not, well, I got $50 I can spend. No, like Mm -hmm. Part of this is going to be making sacrifices. Maybe this means that you can't go out to eat as, you know, three to five times a week as you've been doing. Maybe you can only go out once a week. There's going to be some sacrifice when it comes to saving your money, investing your money, because it's more so from a long-term place. So when it comes to entrepreneurs, you know, understanding your retirement accounts, because you don't have an employer, I would look into Roth IRAs, or traditional IRAs, depending on you know what you're able to max out for our nine to fivers or even our hourly contractors, if you know you have a 401k or not, also look into Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. There are also ways that you can mitigate your tax liability at the end of the year with some of these options based on what you are contributing, even up to dollar for dollar. So just in in general, I would say look at what you're comfortable investing one month to the next, consistently, and then from there we can start to kind of customize and dive in deeper on you know what makes sense for you. I just want to just
0: just all the just get those snaps. Just all like yeah, yeah, talking to me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yes, you know, it's, because it's it's so funny to me to think about, and it's something I've been saying for years now that this entrepreneur life ain't for the week. That's what I'm gonna say. Right. Yep. And I mean, but even for people just having to navigate the ups and the downs, because I'm sure for many of us, COVID changed the game, Absolutely. at least made some of us pivot, have to figure out what to do next. But even with that in mind, is thinking that if you are an entrepreneur, because you know, I love having entrepreneur talk that <laughs> for what it's worth to not feel uncomfortable, especially if you're just starting out in your business with thinking about how you're going to make it long term really got to so your so your positioning and thinking is still futuristic but also yep. in a in a bubble that maybe you're not thinking about just like you said the next year because of the job stability but again we see with what's happened even a job that felt so yep. stable can be gone overnight because I've, I've seen it happen in ways that I'm like girl what <laughs> and so um yep. but it's one of those yep. things that you just got to kind of take it as you can and do the best that you can. And as your business grows, what you can invest will be able to grow as well. And that's what's really exciting to see happen. So,
1: no, and I was just going to say, even before we get to that point of investing, you know, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows whether you're a client or not, or whatever, that you have cash, an emergency fund, especially if you're an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. so that if anything should happen, if you lose that big client for one reason or another, you can still support your income. The bare minimum, you know, that covers rent, your mortgage, your car, your car payments, you know, whatever that is on a month to month basis for three to six months. Because if we don't have that and we've decided to forego, you know, planning, from a savings perspective and just put all our money in the stock market, hoping it turns around. I mean, based on COVID, we see that that that's a recipe for disaster because people have money and they lost it in the stock market along with losing their job. And now they're depending on, you know, unemployment, which there's nothing wrong with that. However, you know, our government seems to think that four months of unemployment is good enough. And so now everyone should be just fine, which is a completely different conversation. But I want to say that or just reinforce the fact that we need to have our our savings, our emergency fund. And as you are working before you even start investing, try to pay down as much debt as possible so that once you do get to, you know, you're able to pay that off. Now you have a bit more that you can put into investing. But I would not advise investing if you still have you know, considerable amount of consumer debt if you only have $500 in an emergency fund and you know that your monthly expenses total $3,500.
0: Yeah, another word you said. <laughs> <laughs> and then something that I've adopted over time because I used to, you know, just look, I'm telling you all my business now. I used to <laughs> pay for something and because I didn't have a better understanding of how things work as an entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. I didn't get my real taste of this. Not going to be a good month. <laughs> the whole thing, you know, you
1: know, like I, because
0: I, I, I mean, I had, you know, I, I look at my bread before I left, and yep. I had a very, very comfortable nest egg. But you don't even think about sometimes how quickly you might even go through that. And yep. so, long story short, navigating now, what I do when I get paid is I still budget my money months out. So. You know, from whatever I'm doing, everything has something that I'm contributing money toward. So it may not be the same hundred or two hundred dollars for a certain thing, but every every time I get income, I'm not just planning for this month's bill or next month's. Like I've yep. got money already sitting in the pot for December because I'm like not gonna get jacked up again. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. like not gonna, because I've had so much. I'm looking at my husband like, ooh, why is mm-hmm. this? But I also love it. You know, it's exciting. It's a thrill to be innovative, to be challenged. But I don't think we, especially, you know, as two black female entrepreneurs, we don't talk about the money stuff enough. We talk about success and hitting millions yes. or the people who are, yes. you know, we, we ain't talking about it. We gonna get there. But just the idea of, you know, yeah, we have it, but it's okay to have conversations about what your money's looking like with the right Absolutely. people to help you make those changes. And I I wish I knew Than what I know now, because I would have put myself in a much better financial position from the jump if I didn't have this. Oh well, I got a check, and yeah, I'll get another one next month. And it's like, no, it's been two (laughs) months. Yep,
1: Yep. that's the same thing with me. I I talk to women who feel the same way that they just wish they knew what they do now, Mm -hmm. you know, ten years earlier. And the same Mm -hmm. with me. I mean, I didn't you know, I knew to save, my mother always said, save, save, save. But yes. like like you, I didn't know about, you know, I knew about stocks, but I really didn't understand how that worked. Even hmm. starting out when I first got first graduated college, you know, my 401k, I was like, what? I'm not, I'm 22. I'm not saving for, for retirement right. three years from now. Like I want this money so I can go out and have a good time, you right. know, like keep that in my paycheck. So I didn't even start really getting serious about my 401k into my late twenties. And mm. I talked to some women now who started when they first, you know, I have a client, she's 35. She started investing right away in her 401k. You know, she would, put the max in her employer would put the max in she's 35 with over $200,000 in her retirement account. Mm. And mm. yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't have that in my 401k right now I'm getting there but I don't have that but had Mm -hmm. I known better at 22 I could have did better
0: Mm. and you know it's interesting not just having if you known better you know you would have done better but if you had somebody to really break it down for you right? because I had people to talk to me about you should invest you know invest now and I mean I was 18, 19 but I'm like I don't understand what this means you know you got to talk to me you know in layman's terms and help me understand you know how this is going to shape retirement or what's retirement but again back then i wasn't thinking about ever retiring i didn't know what retirement meant <laughs> you know like there were people retiring yep. and you put your job but then what do just what do all these things mean but i have no regrets though but I, so you couldn't have told me what four or five years ago i'm losing track of time but that i would be <laughs> an entrepreneur either and then that would even further change how i would approach things and having to do independent retirement and it's something that i've been able to do but i i get it now but like I tell my husband, and we've talked about it before, I don't ever plan on retiring. But even then, you know, what retirement looks like for me now could yeah. be 40, you know, it's learning it yeah. to say, get the real estate going, get the passive income coming in, investing in stuff like angel investor. I don't know if I ever be at that, but it's just right. thinking about how things look versus now I know that there's so much more beyond a nine to five and there's other ways to make money that don't require me to clock in clock out. And that's probably been the most powerful thing for me.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, even when it comes to retirement, you know, some people technically retire, but they still work. And, And I really think the, the idea around it is, you work because you want to, not because you have to. So yes. if you're doing something you love doing and you want to do it until, until you're 80, 85 years old, that's one thing versus you literally have to work until you cannot work anymore because you're physically unable. That's something totally different. And that's what you know. I, I, I preach. That's what I try to work with my clients on understanding why we are doing what we're doing now and the sacrifices we have to make. So that when we get to that age, if we want to continue, you know, working, whatever, doing whatever that is, it's because you want to, not because you have to.
0: Mm. I like the term that I heard recently, a term, the language somebody had used. and Maybe not even recently, but it's been like in the past few years that I'm taking care of my future self. Yes. So that's what makes it easier to think about. Are we going to eat out today or am I yeah. put this 50 over here or this 50 over there? Just break it down, you know, 25, 25 and put it here and here. But I know that my future self will thank me for it. And yeah. that's also something I think about these days when it's, you know, food, when it's relationships with people, just mm-hmm. decisions, period. Will my future self thank me for it? Although I'm not always able to say, yeah, 100 percent. If right now I'm saying, yeah, then it's yeah. You know, yep. but when, definitely when it comes to money and it's just, you know, we talk a lot about budgeting and tax stuff and accounting and saving and paying off debt, but having a plan and being intentional. And that's what I've loved about our conversations. And I've loved about, you know, my husband and I actually having our own setup with working with someone as well. It's yep. just the idea that at the end of the day, you can have a peace of mind. And even if you don't know how it's going to work out right now, you have somebody to help you get there. And I believe in having a team, absolutely all four teams for things and letting people shine <laughs> their strengths and why not saying I couldn't shouldn't or wouldn't you know read books to learn myself but why especially as an entrepreneur take on another thing to do when I can invest and have it be done and I can truly work and operate from a space that I'm in a place of strength. Yep. But not just that I'm dedicating my time to things that will help me move forward. But then I also see investing in, in people and things and services now of all kinds as my way of giving back and helping push forward like the world. So, yeah, that's that. amazing. I mean, that's
1: almost like a self-care, you know, yeah. that you're, you're really I'm taking God. care of yourself by being yes. able to to do those things. And especially when you just mentioned you know, just taking care of your future self with well, your future self. Thank you. That's self-care there because you know that in the future, you're going to be okay having that peace of mind, not having that stress or that burden, you know, that weight on your shoulders. That's I mean, that's self-care in and of itself. So Absolutely. that's amazing.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I'm like, ooh, that's my buzzword. Self-care. Yes. <laughs> yes you know, because you matter. But listen, we have gotten to a point where we are wrapping up so Anything? any final thoughts that you want to share with the family? I mean,
1: I just, you know, family, you start somewhere. You know, (laughs) I, I don't know what you got out of this conversation. I hope you did get something out of it. Wherever you are, just start somewhere. You will thank your future self once
0: you do. And yeah, that's, that's all I have. I love that. And then, so one more thing is my favorite, my favorite question to ask. There was, one thing, inspiring, encouraging thing, one thought, wisdom, a quote that you've heard that you live by, what would you want us to live by for the rest of our lives? If you can give us that nugget.
1: I would have to say, you know, having a peace of mind is priceless. It's Hmm. something that my dad told me a few years ago when I was going through a pretty bad breakup. And, you know, I I was going through it, trying to figure out what I needed to do. And, you know, he just said, Rudy, that's his nickname for me you know, p- having a peace of mind is priceless. And I think you can apply that to all facets of life. If you are, if you are in a career, if you're in a job that isn't, is that's giving you more stress than not. And, you know, having a peace of mind is, More important than working a job that you're either Mm. undervalued, underpaid, you don't have a work life balance, you don't have time to spend with your children or your husband or whoever that is. Mm. That's with personal relationships. If you're in a relationship with, you know, romantic or platonic and they're taking more from you than, you know, than lifting you up and you don't, you know, you feel stressed, you feel drained. It's time to let that go. So for me, just having a peace of mind is something that I've been working very hard to to keep in the back of my head as I, as I, as I go through life and, and all the different experiences I have, all the people I meet, the relationships I have or no longer have, you know, and do I have peace? And so mm-hmm. that's something that is very important to me.
0: Yeah, if we were in the same room right now, I would take my shoe off and throw it across at you because... <laughs> You said that. <laughs> you, you Listen, listen, you, you know, the church mother who has a fan and waves a fan. That's what yes, you're getting ma'am. right now. Yes, because, listen, listen, every everything. I don't have to say nothing else. Everything. That's that. That's that. Drop the mic. You're funny. I felt that. I I absolutely felt that and on several levels. But I am so grateful for you being here, for you sharing your wisdom, for you finding your own path, for reaching out, for us being able to connect. We're definitely going to drop your information in the show notes that you can get the link for in the description if you check that out. So if you will, though, still just tell us where we can find you in the internet streets.
1: Yeah. So I am on Instagram at collector. A S S E T C O L L E C T O R. And I recently started that page aside from my personal page, because I really just wanted to start to drop more knowledge around financial planning. I see a lot of pages out there that talk about just investing, investing, investing. And I'm like, Oh, there's just so much more to financial planning people. So, you know, I have that. You can also always email me. And I'm working on rebranding my website
0: at the moment as well. So sweet deal, sweet deal. Well, thank you again for being here. Wishing you the best of luck in everything. You are a jewel. And I really enjoyed this conversation today. So take care of yourself. Thank you so much.